Shut up, I love it. What a king, what a king, what a king, what a mighty good king. Shut up, I love it. I am Joe Cabello. I'm not a king and I'm not mighty good, but I am Joe Cabello. And I am here with... Sasha Feiler. And this is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast where we invite a special guest to talk about somebody, someone, underrated, uh, something. Something, yeah. Something. Like, what? <laughs> what is our show? We'll find out. Something underrated, uh, underappreciated, misunderstood, any of that sort. Joining us today, well, this is a person I don't get to see enough, but I love him dearly, just from from having met him just a few times. I love him. He is a Ghanaian-American actor, storyteller, voiceover artist with a commitment to telling stories that bridge the gap between Africans and African-Americans. His recent credits include Orphan Black, the podcast, CBS's SWAT, among other projects. Welcome, 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 Nathaniel Cueco. Thank you so much, Sasha. Oh, Good you to guys see are you. so sweet. Just like your face. <laughs> I love it. It's a hell of a bio. So that's a good um, bio. Thank you, man. Well, I mean, you guys asked for like two lines. I could give you like <laughs> 10 paragraphs, but that's 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 all I got. <laughs> Says the man who had three weddings to the same person within two years. <laughs> he can do more is the yes, answer. Always. Um, Nathaniel, what are you here to talk about at Shut Up? I love it. Yeah, so I am here. Well, thank you for for having me. By the way, um, you know this is only my second podcast invitation ever. Okay. So, um, yes. and the first one, I never, I never heard like the actual podcast. It never came out. Oh. It never, it never came out. Oh, so, um, I'm gonna say this is my first <laughs> podcast ever. Once um, you break the cherry, they keep coming. You know what I mean? Like they, you're gonna be on podcasts yeah, now. Yeah, we're all putting, the time. we're giving your email address to a bunch of people, so you might get a, a lot of emails. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, um, I am here to talk about coming to America too. Um, and I, I think, you know, a lot of people are familiar with, with coming to America. It's, uh, you know, it's the second iteration of it. So the first one came out in, I want to say 1988, 1987 mm-hmm. stars, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. Um, this, this prince from Zamunda who, um, is on a quest to find his wife and, uh, he kind of gives up his, his fortune and his his prestige and acclaim to find something real, something connected. So that's classic the first, story. Yeah, classic story hasn't yeah. been done before ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Coming to America Two, which came out uh, last year, 2021. And um, now apparently, uh, Prince Akeem had a son that he didn't know about. Um, and so the story spoilers about, <laughs> sorry, yes, yeah, spoilers if you haven't seen the movie, but it came out last year. So if you haven't seen it, that's kind of on, on you. streaming um, too. So it's like, yeah. come on, you prime. Can go everybody see. got prime. Yeah. So it came out on Amazon last year and apparently was the highest, uh, excuse me, the most watched movie, um, during the pandemic. Wow. So, um, wow. yeah, I have I have a lot of thoughts on the mm. on the movie. I have a lot of thoughts on the franchise. I have a lot of thoughts on what it means for representation of Africans and African-Americans. So I'm happy to dive in wherever you guys want to start. 
I do want to start with, uh, one, your thoughts on legacy sequels, I think is what we're calling these types of movies now, where they come... I think the legacy part just comes from it being, like, at least 20 years old <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Like, Yeah. Uh, so what's your thoughts on those in general? Like, we have Dumb and Dumberer, uh, Jalen, Silent Bob reboots, um, I forget which I think- others... I think there's always going to be something nostalgic about it. Um, and there have been so many reboots and it's, it's, it's not going away. It's going to continue happening just because, you know, uh, risk mitigation in terms of Hollywood, you know, it's obviously it's a, it's a property. People have had time to soak it up and, you know, watch it multiple times. And so it makes, it makes sense. Um, but does it? Uh. (laughs) but does it does it make sense um they try and and yeah i don't know that coming to america 2 made sense okay strong statement from somebody who loves coming to america i i i I like that i like that dichotomy of seeing uh okay i like a lot of this but not this part of it being existing (laughs) So that leads me in my question of what type of shut up I love it do you think this thing is? You know, is it more on the misunderstood, more hated? I'm going to go off. I'm going to say misunderstood, but but not really misunderstood. I would say misinterpreted. Mm. Mm, yeah. I like that one. We got to add that one to the list, Sasha. Yeah, I don't. I, I My <laughs> mental list has just grown <laughs> by one. Yes. I would say misinterpreted. Yeah. Ooh, I would love to hear the interpretation. Yeah. Is it is it a is it a part of bigger discussion or is it there's an angle you can present right off the bat? I think it's part of a bigger discussion, mm-hmm. you know. I just I think and I think coming to America um at the time that it came out, there had never been a movie with an all black cast with that type of budget i think the budget was maybe around like 40 million or at the time or or something like that yeah directed by Um, one of the biggest directors right at the time yeah um and the fact that it was an all-black cast that was huge because you know this is i mean you know in in the 2000s people were saying oh man you have an all-black cast you know it's not going to sell internationally imagine what that was like just 20 years Mm -hmm. earlier in in at the you know end of the 80s yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I don't whatever, know what whatever. year we're in. Like thirty-three, <laughs> yeah, it's like thirty. Yeah. Whatever yeah. year it was, I mean, you know, we're still having that discussion now. And imagine what it was like then. You know, for Eddie Murphy, one of the biggest stars. I mean, you couldn't get bigger than Eddie Murphy at the time. It shows how big he is that he that this movie or the the first one exists. I think. Yeah, it's really like he was so big that he was able to make a movie <laughs> with an all black cast because I believe he was right. a big driving force behind all that. Yeah, I mean it's 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 absolutely huge, and I I wanna I wanna underscore that because I think you know, yes, there's always there are always gonna be critiques like the movie like they did like a um, like an advanced screening of it, and critics tore that shit apart. <laughs> they tore it apart, um, and so I don't think it had very there weren't very high expectations for the movie. Um, However, you know, there was something that resonated with the audiences because every time you had seen Africans on screen um, or people depicted as Africans, it was war, poverty, corruption, white saviors, slavery, whatever, you know, nothing associated with with, you know, kingdoms and, and 
you know, um, just just excellence. And I think the fact that coming to America did that, it meant a lot to to Africans and African-Americans. Yeah, I was I recently rewatched it because I wanted to make sure I had both in my back pocket going into this. And I hadn't seen coming to America since I was like a little kid. <laughs> Yeah. So it'd been forever. And then watching it now, you know, everything you said was like hitting me in the face. And in a way that's kind of tragic, because I feel like Hollywood learned nothing from that movie mm. of like, hey, this could succeed. This is good. This is a great way to represent black people and African-Americans and then just said, well, we won't do that ever again, or it will <laughs> we'll make it tremendously difficult. And it's that's kind of it's unfortunate considering how big this movie is. And it's a cultural uh, for comedy. It's like one of the pillars of comedy movies, I would say. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, however, <laughs> however, however, however. Um, there it it. It is extremely problematic. Like, I I mean, if you watch the movie today, so I, I had a coming to America themed birthday party in 2017. That's how much I love the movie. <laughs> but I because as a kid, like I would watch it all the time um, and I probably shouldn't have been allowed to watch. it. Yeah, that was that, we were of, a, of that, that 80s, 90s generation where we were renting stuff and shit. We shouldn't have. Been. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing was, you know, I went back and I watched the movie and in 2017 where we are as a culture we, we just shifted so much that it the movie is is it, it, interpreting it in today's standards it is extremely problematic um especially for someone who is african and who who prides himself in, in african culture and um identity um the fact that there's i think there was i don't remember how many producers it might have been like 12 producers on the movie um and not a single one is of nobody is uh, uh and there's no african producers there was no african like continentally connected cast members so everybody is african-american which isn't it's not a it's not a bad thing i don't i don't want to misinterpret that but at the same time you can't create a movie about africa and have nobody informing the african in the african movie you know like like where right. where where are so, you pulling that from yeah so you know? they're pulling from already existing stereotypes like the source Precise. it doesn't come from anything authentic it comes from something already remote and right. you know not a not in any case in any not in any way personal or specific it just comes from oh right. this already been represented like that in tv and in, in film so we're just gonna lean into that and hope the audience will recognize those stereotypes Right. And I think that's, you know, obviously it's 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 about Zamunda. Zamunda is not real. Zamunda is a fictional country, just like Wakanda is a fictional country. But that doesn't excuse it from not being grounded in, in some type of authenticity. Um, both writers on the film, uh, the, the, the original film, were white. I was um, looking that up because I was curious. Yeah. Both writers were white. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's not that white people can't write, you know, stories a, a about different cultures, but I think it's, it's, it's just, it makes you question what were they relying on to mm -hmm. inform or to help educate them about, you know, creating a fictional African country, you know? 
Yeah, and really it seems their way of doing that was just what's funny to them. Right. <laughs> and that's not, yeah. There is that, it's a very like um, USA centric. It's, 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 it has an extreme white gaze on it. It's white America's interpretation of what Africa could be. Um, and I think, you know, in 20, in, in 1988, that, that was understandable. I mean, it's not understandable, but that was the first time we had ever seen anything like that. So, okay, it was at a different point in time. However, you flash forward to 2021 and coming to America too, and there are still no black, or excuse me, African producers. There's um, Kenya Barris, uh, who, who created Blackish, uh, co-wrote uh, this time, which is which is great, but you have one only one african actor in a critical pivotal role in the film and that's nomsa uh, she plays um the love interest of of Ke- prince akim's son um and, and i think overall there were maybe four african cameos so like you had trevor noah you had dikembe mutombo you had michael blackson um and you had rotimi and that's not enough for a cast of i don't even know like including dancers like over 170 people whatever it was that's not enough in 2021 yeah. <laughs> you you have to do more and so i think if if Bla- coming to america 2 had come out maybe a couple of years after coming to america the first one it wouldn't be problematic but the fact that we had black panther which was this you know just mm. this this incredible um amalgamation of cultures and research and Thoughtful. authenticity um you know and and brought together people who were continentally connected with african americans with afro-caribbeans and then you have coming to america too it was almost like a regression <laughs> you know are you here to hate on coming to america <laughs> <laughs> well because i i uh, that was my feelings watching uh Coming to America, which I, we have to talk about the title just briefly. Mm-hmm. Brilliant title for as far as, uh, I don't know. Visually. Like how it works, but a horrible title as far as clarity. Yeah, because you have to see the coming to number. Yeah, I'm America. like, oh, that's perfect. Only you could do that because you have two in the title of your movie. But no one's going to call it that when they talk about it. No. So just shout out to that. Just a sidebar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really honestly did not get, I didn't think about that, but that is that is extremely. What were they thinking? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, nobody's going to talk about it. They'll just see it and they'll know. They'll be like, how clever. You can't not. It's like the Fast and Furious movies actually fight against it. You might hear my dog screaming in the background. It might it's good. cut it's it good. out. It might. Okay, so you can hear it. <laughs> He does that. It's it's part of. (laughs) Uh, But the Fast and Furious movies were like, we're not even going to try to like do a cool convention. (laughs) We're going to fight against it. This movie was like, no, we're going to really lean in because we know people will say, why didn't you do coming to America? (laughs) But that's neither here nor there. So we can get deeper into the movie. Sasha, were you a coming to or and a coming to America fan before the podcast? I don't know what you just said. I don't know which one you meant. (laughs) I mean both. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) I saw coming to America without the accent on two um when i when i just came to america 
You're like, this will help me. When you when you came to America, (laughs) you saw coming to America. Yeah, like 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 shortly after I came here, I happened to see it and I loved it. I was like, great, love it, so fun. Um, And then yeah, I did not see coming to America until right before this recording, and I did do the thing of watching coming to America followed up by coming to America <laughs> right before this recording. <laughs> so it's all fresh. The time li- timeline is clear because it's a sequel. Uh, it's not a remake, right? It's a sequel. So I have to know mm-hmm. exactly what's going on. And uh, yeah, uh, I loved, I'm just going to say coming to America, the first one. Loved it as much, you know, while seeing the issues, like yeah, str- not a lot of strong female characters, well, a whole lot of stuff that I noticed, <laughs> but I really thought it was very fun and funny, and there's a lot of great stuff going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for its time, right? Like we all get it. Sure. For its time. 1988. But we can all agree, I think, I don't want to speak for <laughs> Sasha, but I, I agree with you, Nathaniel, watching Coming to America, it's like, oh, yeah, you guys kind of had the ammo and after sight to do better and yeah. you didn't mm-hmm. yeah it's it's yeah. i think there's just so much more that could have been done could could have been done and i think it was um they missed the mark um you know they're like let's just do more of the same mm-hmm. i mean you know the fact that they took us to zamunda it's like here's an opportunity to to break stereotypes that people have of africa mm-hmm. and then you choose to show us lions and giraffes and like you know, his son's like royal challenges to go capture the the whiskers of a, I think it was a lion or something like that. And I'm just like, bruh, like, did y'all, did y'all, did y'all get outside the box? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah, because it feels like that type of thing isn't in coming to America. You know, it's like yeah. you, you see them really as like powerful, regal, like you use the word excellence in there. It's like, yeah, that's what you saw. It was like total normalization. Mm-hmm. And then once you start throwing in Go Hunt a Lion, then you're getting into that, like, dangerous territory of uh, the stereotypes. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, maybe, you know, coming to America wasn't it wasn't trying to be anything more. And I get that. Like, it was it was this is our lane. This is what we're doing. People like the first one. We're going to keep it there. But, you know, for every film, for every every story that's told you can't separate it from its context. And contextually, America has is in a different place. Contextually, you know, African-Americans and Africans are, are in a different place and our understanding of Africa is, is changing as well. And so to not change with the world, to not grow with the world, it's, it's reductive. And yeah, I think it's, it's just, it's reductive, to be honest. Yeah, I was trying to figure out who is the audience exactly that coming to America is, yeah. you know, tar- what, what audience are they targeting? And it felt like it was the audience of those people who were like young, they were really young in 1988. They thought that was really fun movie. They loved it. And yeah. then they were taken into the time machine, well, brought into the mm-hmm. present day. And like having not had any historical they didn't grow they didn't grow they probably got older though like they got older because the jokes were like directed at like 50 some year old a lot of like 60 some year old people (laughs) yeah but they were like okay we we've learned nothing and so here's like another movie for you that i think you would like more in your 50s but but don't worry about anything serious or 
trying to you know do something beyond just achieving yeah not even that it had to be anything serious or that it had to kind of deviate from its stick but i think it's just it's awareness and and like representation in 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 or or a position in culture like just understanding that coming to america holds such a special place for so many people mm-hmm. and there's the idea to help expand people's minds to help educate people no, no expansion happened. right exactly no. and and i think that was just such a a missed mark you know in terms of the women for the portrayal of women and in, in even the portrayal of women in the movie yes um prince akim has a daughter who's you know a warrior and she's strong and she's fierce but you know i i don't think that was enough like i think um I think you know to to have uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was um, a character played by Vanessa Bell Calloway, and she's she's like she's one of the um, one of the potential brides for Eddie Murphy in the first one, mm-hmm. and she's told to bark like a dog, right? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then in this one, like thirty two years later, yeah. Homegirl is still barking, and I I'm was, just I was irked by that. I'm just like. Okay, that's not that's not funny. Like that's it never productive. was. <laughs> I don't think it ever was. Like that was the least yeah. funny thing. Just because it's a callback does not make it a joke. <laughs> I I think like they you have to or what they should have done is you look at why was coming to America progressive at the time, and you can't just copy it. You have to say okay, what were the leaps? We have to take right. equal leaps in where we're at today to make this as progressive as the original because i do think that is why a lot of people it's important to them is hey this was uh, at the time something we weren't seeing and yeah it's we don't want to see more of the same but we've shredded it a little bit i'm sure we will more but i'm curious why you love it yeah <laughs> now Listen, given all that which do is you important even like it <laughs> I love the idea of it. Ooh. Um, I, love, I love the idea of it. I, I love the idea of uh, world peace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the current state of the world is not reflecting my idea. Precisely. So I love the idea of coming to America. The fact that you're choosing to show a different representation of, of African identity and African people. Um and I think, you know, just the, the cultural significance, man, it's so huge. No matter what you say, coming to America is always going to occupy a special place in people's hearts. No matter how fucked up coming to America 2 was, um, just the, the identity of coming to America is still, it just means so much. And so the I love the idea of it, but I I, I just, I, and, and maybe, maybe it's, you know, maybe I've, evolved too much maybe i've metamorphosized into some mm. you know whatever i went and got my master's in african studies um and That'll so <laughs> you know maybe i'm maybe i'm the problem you know um less people but, should get african studies uh, phds <laughs> yes everybody problem. should not oh. get educated like that's education is the problem um and so i think i think yeah i just with that you know i I did my my um my thesis research on on afrofuturism and black speculative fiction and so i really just i had a lot of time i have thoughts and i had a lot of time to explore the stories that have been told about africa 
you know, and it's, I mean, guys, it's, it's really bad. It's really bad. I mean, it's like, you know, Black Hawk Down, Beast of No Nation, Last King of Scotland, Hotel Rwanda, Beast of No Nation. Like I could go on and on and on. And so when you have coming to America occupy this different place, it's like, oh, but you could have, you, you, you could have been it for us. And that's, that's part of the problem too. The mm-hmm. part of the problem is that, you know, when you have one type of, you know, positive portrayal, quote unquote, it, it's meant to represent everything to everyone um, because there just aren't that there's no other alternative. And it's it's not fair to put that on coming to America, but that's just the reality. That's where we're at, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put you on the spot, but are there any movies, um, especially recently, that come to mind that in the lens of like Afrofuturism and some of the, the concepts in your thesis that are good? Yeah. I mean, I try, I wouldn't say like, so like, I think anybody who's like, gone and like done like research on a topic is like i don't know if i want to say good like i don't know if i want to lean into that i would i would say nuanced (laughs) i'm I'm diplomatic in that way but um i i think you know obviously black panther did was was huge for so many people um there's on a on it's like on smaller scales a lot of the a lot of the projects that because I, I so I interviewed um, 20 different uh, stakeholders in the industry from executive producers, executive producer, Black Panther, uh, VPs at television studios. I um, also did like a, a, an analysis of all the Afrofuturism and um, related genre uh, projects in development. And we really haven't seen the pipeline open up yet. There's a lot of projects in the pipeline but literally black panther in in terms of film literally black panther was it i mean Mm. there's there's a movie called fast color with gugu and batha raw um that was that was pretty good there's a short uh by wanuri kaihu uh called um poomsi um it's really really uh it's really dope uh it's it's you know um afro futuristic excuse me uh african futuristic um and but aside from like some of these smaller mentions, guys, there really isn't that much, you know, and it, and it's a shame. Um, I think Black Panther and Get Out kind of opened the door um, for for more projects to be considered. Um, and then during kind of like you know the the civil unrest, unfortunate murder of George Floyd, um, all the Hollywood studios were like, we have to do more, we have to get more. Um, you know, we have to be diverse. And so they started acquiring a lot of properties. But what we found is that those projects are in like the black cloud, like just hovering, like they haven't been pushed through the Mm. system, you know? Yeah. And all we really got in the wake of all that was movies like Antebellum. And (laughs) I didn't see Antebellum. How was, how was that? Um, he, I think I don't think you'd enjoy it. I certainly didn't. Oh no! <laughs> uh, you know it's we don't want to make it about antebellum. I don't want to trash antebellum on this podcast. I'll save that for another episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's too bad. I wonder if some of that too is. Uh, do you know much about the? Uh, and there's really no African film. Uh, 
really because Africa is made of so many countries, it would be those specific countries. Wait, Africa is not a country? <laughs> Get them. Tell them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lingering, a lingering uh, concept. You know, man, everybody it just assumes that, like, no matter what you do, it will all Africa will always be grouped together, even though it's made up of thousands of tribes and thousands of distinct languages. Anyway, yeah. Versus you have something like uh, we've seen Korean cinema really right. blow up in the past 10, 20 years. Yeah, and that then seeps into uh, films made in the uh, the studio system here. Gushes There's, sometimes. They, it gushes really hard. <laughs> yeah, and you're starting to see it trail. But it kind of took Korea, and I believe the the history there is. The Korean government said, shit, we got to do something here. Mm. Hey, if you make movies, we're going to give you hella money. So they really bolstered their film, uh, the films they were making. Then that comes over here. And it would seem something like that would need to happen. That's taken control by specifically whatever country, whatever uh, group. Because the United States isn't going to do it. You know, (laughs) it seems like that's a fighting battle. Yeah, I think it's it's tough because, you know, just the legacy of colonialism across African countries, um, Africa was was historic as a, as a whole was historically underdeveloped by by Europe, you know, and resources were drained. And so and even even when it comes to kind of filmmaking techniques, I mean, it's like, you know, you have. Uh, a few filmmakers who are able to to kind of rise up like Ousmane Sembane, but it's like as a whole, Africa never really got that that opportunity, you know. Mm. So I think filmmakers now are trying to trying to figure it out, and so you have, you know, um, an individual like Blitz Basawule from from Ghana. Um, you have Netflix who is like making active. Um, efforts to kind of build up Netflix Africa, quote unquote, and then they have a, a you know a series coming out of Nigeria. Uh, they have shows coming out of Nigeria. They have shows coming out of South Africa, but Africa is, is as a whole is kind of playing catch up. Well, uh, I still feel like as this podcast is shut up. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean. Look, I mean, is there anything we can love on? Because to me, <laughs> it's easy to love on acting, uh, performances, and yeah. maybe, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Is there anything that you're like, <laughs> you know what, at least Eddie Murphy is killing it every oh, single specifically, time. Or, yeah. Specifically about coming to America? Um, coming to America. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, <laughs> Sasha. Um, man, I think... One of the things that I love um, is is from both films um, is just the uh, I, I got to give it up for the costume design. Like I think that's one. Well, I know <laughs> it's like I'm, that I'm, Oscar. I'm the, not, not even uh. in the Oscar anymore. <laughs> like fishing. live, whatever. But it's it's just you the, hear the about sound it. design. You know, was good. <laughs> okay, Nathaniel. 
You're sneaky. You snuck I'm... into the shadow of our love it. Telling us you don't like this movie. <laughs> Guys, it's For not good that reasons. I... Don't get no, me wrong. No, no, I love I I I like I said, the movie occupies a very special place in my heart, but I'm not gonna come here and like misinform your audience and no. like no, I wanna I never. I, if you guys invite me to a podcast, I wanna go deep, all right? I wanna have these conversations. What I yes. Well I, um, I was going into this thinking, all right, let me hear why this guy likes this movie. <laughs> no, and you know, we'll get into it with the ratings, um, but you know, I, it was shut more. Shut up! I love hate. Yeah, uh, I think it's before shut up. I love. I think this I is a coming to lover. America podcast. I think I might have misinterpreted your show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I love it. I love the, the, the you know you get excited as for one reason and then you 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 bring out the real the real deal the real the real opinion. I love I, I love Eddie Murphy. How about that? Okay, I love Eddie All Murphy. Right. Hard not. To <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. Arsenio Hall. He looks the same in both movies. I couldn't tell you. Like he hasn't changed at all. Like I mean, to me, like he looks very similar. Like he's as an aged. He looks James, the same. James Earl Jones, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about that voice? Mm, the voice. Oh, just it's man. still there. Yeah, it's yeah. still there, it's man. Strong as ever. He's like I think he's like ninety six or something like that. He's he's getting up there, man. So yeah, yeah. Well, I I mean, look. I feel like it's time to go to the ratings, uh, <laughs> and then we'll we'll cover the rest of the ground as uh, as as we continue berate this movie that you quote unquote. Oh my uh, goodness, <laughs> <laughs> which I love again. Uh, Joe, how do ratings work at all, all on this podcast? Right. Here's how they work: we're going to rate Coming to America on a scale of zero to ten, using something else as a basis for our rating. So you could choose another comedy movie, like hey. Uh, the Bubble by Judd Apatow is a 10, and Coming to America is a 9 out of 10. Or you could even say, hey, riding on a roller coaster makes me sick, that's a 0, and Coming to America makes me even sicker, it's also a 0. So it's kind of whatever you want to do with it. I won't mention cookies this time, I usually do as one of my <laughs> examples, but uh, I'll only mention it right now. But if that didn't make any sense, guess what? Me and Sasha will go first. So... <laughs> You have time you to go. think. Oh so, for, it's hard to uh, watch this movie without that lens of legacy sequels and like whatever your opinion on those are. So I will be basing it off another legacy sequel for an important comedy movie, Dumber and Dumberer, which came out maybe five or six years ago. Dumb and Dumber is one of those, you know, throw it on anytime. People love it. Then the sequel comes many decades later, and we wonder, well, should we just put on Dumb and Dumber again instead of watching Dumber and Dumber? Er? And so that movie, I got to give a three out of ten. <laughs> and and I think for that one, it's a lot of like kind of gross execution, like him trying to have sex with his best friend's daughter, and uh, not that I. And, you know, gripping my pearls at that. It's just like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't really enjoy it. So coming to America, especially watching it right after coming to America. <laughs> damn it. Um, <laughs> it was it was a tough watch. It's just boring on the like legacy sequel way. It's, it's boring in a very um, predictable way. And then you layer on top. It's how regressive it is. 
compared to Coming to America. So I'm going to have to give it a 4 out of 10. I think it's less gross than seeing um, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels act in that way still. <laughs> but it's still a hard watch. Mm. I'll go next. I'm going to, you know, the reason I watched Coming to America next to Coming to America is so that I could compare them. So, again. Easy know, one. You're getting, you're doing the I'm easy doing one. The easy. Right. I'm doing the easy, but you all can do easy. You know, if you can go, you can go back and do the easy one too, <laughs> Joe. You can, you can get the second, second chance. Um, I, you know, I enjoyed watching Coming to America, the original one last night. Like I saw, I think, many problems with it, but it was fun. It was a, it was a good time. I was a, I had a great time watching it. I'm gonna give it an eight. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is that bad that I'm giving us? Wait, high? wait. You're giving coming to America? No, an the, eight? just the, oh, the first, first one. one. Okay, yeah, that's okay. We're, we're that's just good. setting up. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. I like, might give I just, that a ten, honestly, myself. Yeah, I just I I had a good time. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. It was late. I was tired, but I was totally on board. And uh, it was just tight, like tight screenplay, and you know ridiculous premise like in some ways but so much fun um coming to america <laughs> didn't grip me at all i was trying to get gripped i was looking for a way to get grip but mm. it was just just from pure entertainment entertainment standpoint forget about all the regression even i mean regression only makes things worse so i don't yeah, I couldn't tell what the story was. I couldn't tell who the main character is. <laughs> I couldn't tell. There's I four. Tell. There's Ouch. a lot. Well, right. But there was a lot going on that I that I didn't connect with. <laughs> There's a lot going on, period, that I did not connect with. Uh, so coming to America, I would also give it a four. Mm. But like, look, I, I, I feel like you're gonna, you're gonna just destroy it. <laughs> now, I, than we. Yeah, I think like, you're you, gonna you surprise look so us. I am, yeah, I am specifically like, you look hurt. I am specifically going to stay away from numbers for that reason. All right. <laughs> okay, to, reject the scale. I am going it. to use a different gradient oh or system here. Um, Please. And, and I'm gonna, away. I'm gonna bring it to like, um desserts because because i'm having ginormous sweet tooth um and so if lovecraft country the series Mm. was a gourmet tuxedo cheesecake from Mm. cheesecake factory let's go um coming to america 2 would be a chips ahoy cookie It's still okay. pretty good. Still, I like that chip one. No, stop it. Compared to compared to oh, comparative cheesecake, certainly, certainly. If I yes. give in the choice, but yeah. you know, it's it's not a, a smoking turd. They're you know? they're sitting next. They're sitting right next to each other, and you have those options. It's like <laughs> that. I'm taking a tuxedo cheesecake. That's true. That's absolutely yeah. true. I might, um, I might dip the cookie into the cheesecake. <laughs> and take the um, so, but wait, okay. Let me, I don't, I, I feel like y'all didn't, y'all didn't really get that. So let me, let me say this. It's, the, it's a Chips Ahoy cookie okay. that has been sitting out on the Ooh. counter mm, yep. for two years. All right. You think there a we cockroach, go. a cockroach 
ran across it a couple of times back and forth. Because if I didn't I'm touch not, the cockroach, I'm not I'm eating not it. I'm not throwing cockroaches in the mix because I, 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 I don't want to do that to coming to America too. But it's like, it's it's honestly, I mean, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, that, met, that metaphor is kind of dope because it's, it's like, it's stale. <laughs> like, yep, that's, it's like, stale. It's, that's it's, it. like, it's from 1988. I think it's yeah. been sitting out for 30, whatever, eight, <laughs> however, whatever, whatever the math is. Somebody email us and so, tell us what the math is between 1988 and 2000. Yeah, that one, that one lands hard. That's, that's good. Add that yeah. two yeah. years. And it reminds yeah. me, I better pick up that Chips Ahoy cookie on my counter I've had there for two years. <laughs> <laughs> also made me hungry somehow even though we're talking about kind of gross just funny. i don't know <laughs> wow nathaniel well yeah. what a nice what a nice way to you know just uh i don't know shake it all up shake it all up for all of us now i feel so bad i feel like an asshole oh my goodness oh. Oh, as long as it's a good episode then i could care less what someone comes here and talks about used, uh, lied to and uh, no i'm kidding no this is great uh especially when you still you know make it a make it a nice cookie um then i i believe that you liked it enough yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on Shut Up, I Love It, talking about important issues and also just like poking fun of uh, us <laughs> for our naivete. Nathaniel, what is going on with you these days? Anywhere people can find you? Yeah. On social medias, on screens. What's going on? Yeah, man. Well, I am doing a lot and i don't know that you can necessarily find me anywhere but uh i'm doing a lot i have uh multiple projects that i'm like writing on slash trying to get off the ground um constantly auditioning um mm. a lot of auditions a lot of voiceover auditions mm. that voice um, i mean listen to it everybody. oh come on stop this it. is the demo stop it stop it right so uh but you can find me on social at nathaniel N-A-T-H-A-N-I-E-L underscore Kweku, K-W-E-K-U. And uh, when you follow me, you'll get like a dose of, of kind of uh, my culture, my Ghanaian American culture and um, all the things that I'm passionate about. So That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Joe, what's going on with you? Oh, nothing at all. Go check out JoeCabello.com. Maybe check out my movie review podcast. Yeah, yeah. do that. Thank you, Nathaniel, for coming on Shut Up, I Love It. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. And thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for this artwork. And also, thank you out there for listening. <laughs>